Hey, what's up, guys? So the Western Hunting Summit 2022, the pre-sale just went live on westernhuntingsummit.com. You can go there to grab the ticket for one of the three events uh, coming up next June. All events are held right here in the great state of Montana. And uh, this pre-sale is going to be going through December 24th. And also during this pre-sale, every evening, uh, we're giving away a pretty dang good gift, whether that's a uh, stone glacier pack, goat knife, Graxaw, set of Graxaw game bags, some stealthy gear. We're going to be giving away um, a piece of gear every evening on my Instagram uh, live, 8 o'clock p.m. My Instagram is the Healthy Hunter, and, um, and hope to see you guys out here in June. Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health Podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, a.k.a. The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. You can follow us at HuntHarvestHealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. All right, let's do this. that there you are okay well welcome back to the hunt and harvest health podcast ryan and i are here and we're gonna have a great conversation today about <laughs> a fun experience that ryan has lived through in the last month and um we've gotten actually uh We've gotten a few requests for this in the past to talk about this kind of stuff, and we just never have. But now that Ryan has personally lived through it, I think he's, he's kind of shocked, actually. You were about, willing to talk about it. We're going to talk about water purification. Does it matter? Does it not matter? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, before we get into that, you probably just heard if you obviously listened to the beginning of this. Uh, we had a little spot for a Western Hunting Summit. So this... Last week, we have been in the depths of the pre-launch for the Western Hunting Summit 2022, mm -hmm. and we are selling tickets. Um, the pre-sale is you get a bit of a discount, you get a gear package, and every night we're doing a giveaway on Instagram Live, Ryan's Instagram. Yeah, so if you, if you do grab a pass between now and December 24th, you automatically get the gear package which is pretty sweet i think it's got some good gear it's got a it's got some swag from stone glacier uh, we're giving away a glass and pad um, from our brand and then we're also giving away we're giving away a lot of stuff i don't know why <laughs> we're giving away a backcountry duo light uh we're giving away backcountry duo so uh, that is a new light from Peaks, which I've had the fortune of trying to beat up for the last couple of years. We've been testing it, playing with it. Um, it's not even on the site yet, but we're um, we had a pretty cool. I had a part in kind of um, helping build that thing, and so everyone that grabs pass is going to get one of those as well. So some pretty cool, uh, you know. I guess. The gear package is pretty sweet this year. And then also, yeah, every, daily giveaways. We've got a pretty dang good shot at winning 
Oh, one of the, I thought one you of were talking about giveaways, not the gear pack. I'm totally confused. Oh. So, yeah, that was the gear pack. Yeah. Then the giveaways are given a bunch of different giveaways stuff away. Are, giveaways are, yeah, just a bunch of great gear. Kill sack stuff, basically, like the goat knives, which are great. And then some Graxaw game bag sets. And then, yeah, multiple stone glacier packs. We're going to be giving away here in the next, what now, 10 days, 11 days. So yeah, and we'll probably give given, some supplements away. We've already given one away. And then, uh, yeah, last night we gave away a four pack of those um, pit sacks. So that was a score for one of the attendees that's coming. But yeah, if you want in on that drawing um, and you want to grab a uh, part of the gear package and during the pre sale between now and the 24th, yeah, it's going to be a fun year. Absolutely. We have a lot, and we have not announced a lot of stuff. So we're yeah, we've been very vague on the details this year. Um, I mean, we as far as the dates go, we we love that time frame in June. June has been great for us. Uh, a lot of families can come out here to Montana. Kids are out of school. Um, no better place to be in June than, than right here. And so this year, the first event is an elk event. That's elk specific. So you can imagine we're going to be doing a lot of archery. We're going to be doing a lot of, you know, archery challenges. We're going to be doing a lot of calling. We'll have guys that are talking about spot and stock. Um, we'll have guys talking about, you know, calling in bulls or a um, little bit of everything. So bringing some new blood into the mix this year for presenters. And we will be kind of drip feeding those names out here um, probably after the pre-sale and, um, and then that second event is going to be mule deer and that's June 16th through the 19th. So we've got some really good, um, muley experts, I guess you could say just guys with a ton of experience that, that seem to get it done every year. Um, had great success. So those guys will be available for attendees to chit chat with. And then the very last one which is kind of unique. We've never done this before. Uh, it's a, we're calling it a family camp. Uh, kind of a combo event. We're going to be talking about deer, elk, archery. Um, kids will be able to uh, show up as well. And we've got folks that are going to be there entertaining the kiddos uh, through archery instruction and some hikes and just a bunch of different activities while us uh, adults are off doing our own thing, education and all that jazz. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. And that kind of caps off our summits for the year. And same thing, all, you know, all three summits are going to be four day events. Folks are going to be staying with us at this new place. Um, the new place is pretty cool. It's a great, it's a huge playground for us this year. Um, we've talked about this in the past. I've been limited with some of the things I can do when I have to say hike the group off of private onto state or public land, you know, national forest, whatever. So I've been real limited in what I can do there. Um, you know, the, the permit process is, is just that kind of restrictive. So this year we'll be able to go, you know, crush 27,000 acres and, and, you know, do some overnight camping and big hikes and pretty cool 3d, uh, 3d courses as well. So, Lots to do on this big place and uh, I'm not restricted with permitting process. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, also close to home for us, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, we will miss the place we had last year. If you see any of the 
assets or the photos and the videos and everything we're putting out um boy it's it's, it's different it's so different than the place we had in the crazies that place was just magical really it was the facilities were amazing the house was amazing the property the sunsets the like everything was cool and i'm sure this place is going to be just as epic it's just a completely it's just a little bit different piece of montana and so the terrain is a little different and the view is a little different but it still has these amazing, um, you know, it has a river, the, yeah, the trees. Several like, miles of river that runs, well, it's a big creek that runs through it. Got yeah. great fishing on it. Um, and yeah, it is different topography for sure. It's much more open. There's some rocky, shaly, cliffy. Then you got the open, some sage, you got an old burn. Um, this area is absolutely stuffed with elk and big ones at that i uh, got a lot of bears on the piece and uh yeah we saw a lot of muleys when we were up there last time as well checking it out so great opportunities to do some fun things on the property and, and eyeball a lot of animals yeah so it's, gonna... it's, it's actually the old ted turner ranch <laughs> folks who know <laughs> turner uh he's owned some property in montana for sure yeah um he yeah. sold it to uh, another gentleman and and we're able to uh, access it and utilize it, thankfully. Yeah. And we probably should thank some people that got us that deal, but mm -hmm. they know who they are. And so um, it's helpful to know people. Let's put it that way. Um, it's pretty helpful to have grown up in Montana and know some people. So I, I feel fortunate that we were able to do that. But um, yeah, so we would love for you to come. Please check that out if you want. As you guys know, you know we're probably going to be talking about it a lot in the next six months because it's a it's a business that we have really tried to cultivate and grow into something that's going to you know be here in the future. Yeah. Um, the coolest thing about this is like I think there's this right now the way the world is and just you know we even noticed it in our lives just technology and just being on your phone all the time and being you know like me, I literally spend 12 hours a day on a computer. You know, I'm sure a lot of you have jobs like that where you're, you're just literally looking at a computer or phone all day long. I do that at work. I, you know, we do that here. And so I just, uh, I think it's a great break from that. You, you literally get away. There's no cell service. Um, I, the, the biggest thing I got out of it last year was I remember just sitting there one night at, at dinner, one of the nights, and we were sitting out in front of the lodge house and everybody was there were like groups of people you know mingling because there's lots of people there and it was like looking around and everybody was just talking to each other not one person had their phone out because the phones didn't work so i mean people would take their phone out and take a picture and then they'd like put it back in and um one of the i remember one of the attendees he, he told me you know you guys hiked up on up to the top of the the mountain and there was some service that came in and he said everybody's phones just started going crazy ding 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 and he said i i was just totally i i thought for a second do i dare turn my phone like do i dare look at my messages and he said you know what i just turned my phone off and i didn't look at my messages because i had just enjoyed days now of not having that distraction yeah and so that's that's the part that I absolutely love. I mean, people just really get to know each other. We have a lot of fun and we're just not, not 
everybody's not entrenched in doing lives and, you know, stories and all this stuff that we all do. And it's part of the social media culture, but it's nice to get that, that time away. So, yeah, um, we really, we really enjoy that. And we have amazing volunteers. We got, we got, much, we have, we got many more, we got better things to do than look at our phones over there. We got, yeah, we got targets to shoot. We got conversations to be had about hunting and yeah. um, health and all the things that go around. Yeah. So we will be announcing speakers. We're still working on that. We already got some epic speakers. We, I've been working on entertainment. Um, we with got some good entertainment. And we are going to blow your minds on entertainment. So if you don't think you want to come, you might change your mind when you hear who's going to be there to, uh, to uh, be a part of the community. All right. So today we are going to do this podcast because uh, useful information is always good. And it's funny because it just kind of falls into my lap. Like, you know, I'm a healthcare provider. So, um, and uh, unfortunately, Ryan was the um, willing victim of this uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, bad, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have said like 10 days ago, you wouldn't have said that. You were like, oh, it's not that bad. Uh, that, that's not what you were doing. It hit me pretty hard. So let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning and tell people what, where did this start? All right. So, man, I could go way back um, with a bunch of thoughts that I've had on water purification over the years. Um, For the longest time, you know, I've been using a SteriPen to treat my water. You know, it's kind of what we use. It's a really quick way to filter, um, I guess, you know, sterilize the water that you're going to be drinking um how steripens work they definitely don't kill those little critters you know swimming around in your water they just neuter them uh, so they're not able to able to reproduce um, and i've heard a lot of folks and i can guarantee i was a skeptic when steripens first came out i was like ah oh, these things really work um and i don't even know how many years it's been it was like forever, it was like double digit years that I've been running that SteriPen. I can't even remember the last time I ran a uh, actual water pump, big old clunky water pump. Um, you know, I've tried the Sawyer type filters and whatnot, but I'm in love with that SteriPen. And, you know, you always wonder like, eh, is it working or am I just immune? You know, there's some people that just don't get sick um, drinking funky water doesn't affect them as much so i always thought hey maybe i just i'm not ever going to get crypto or i'm never going to get giardia because i've drank some scuzzy water and i know i've been pretty lackadaisical about even running the steri pen you know sometimes not getting the water that's kind of um you know up in the cap of your of your mug that you're using um your water bottle so i haven't been that diligent but over a point I'm in the mountains so much and I drink so much dang water. I kind of got just like, maybe I, I just can't get it. Maybe I should just drink, start drinking this water straight. I don't need to do even waste the time with a steri pen. Um, but I had a trip recently, big mountain trip, way in there, a uh, 10 day trip. And on day eight, had uh, my steri pen broke. And it's, it's one that I was using. It was my fault. Um, I broke it. Um, and I always have a backup. I always do have, uh, just those lightweight little iodine tablets. You know, I could run those too. Problem is with iodine tablets is does make the water taste a little funky. So you gotta, 
dope it up with some e-charge or something um but and it takes what 30 minutes or something for uh, that item to completely kill the critters but i did i was i was feeling lazy and i was feeling like oh we're hike we're about to hike out of here i've only got two days left um yeah if i drink a little bit of creek water what's it gonna hurt i've i've been drinking the creek water all season but usually when i drink the creek water it's like right out of the right out of the dirt like top end of the basin um full spring at the top end where you know it's been filtered through through the soil and um it's coming right out of the ground and that's where i'm really confident <laughs> like i'm not going to get any any crud now this time um it's kind of low in the creek when i started getting lazy i could have just borrowed I had two buddies with me. Brian was there. Buddy Cow was there. Could have definitely just borrowed their steric bins. Um, mm. But I was just feeling lazy. I was like, ah, they're doing their thing. I'm just going to drink this water. Pretty damn sure I'm immune to get any kind of... Um, drank the water. I don't know. I probably drank three, four bottles full um, those last two days. And it wasn't high in the basin. Definitely opportunity for something to get in the creek water that i was drinking at where you know as far as where i was um and then um got back felt great for a couple of weeks and then yeah, right about that 14 day mark uh, was it a couple of weeks i thought it was like seven or eight days you started uh, i thought it was seven or eight days okay, you started so complaining that you weren't feeling right i was you feeling tired you were tired you weren't like having any gi stuff you no. were just like I don't feel right. I'm maybe I'm just overworked and tired, which we all around here would agree with because you come home from those trips just yeah. battered and beat up. That was probably like, yeah, nine, 10 days in. I just felt a little fatigued, but I had no gut issues at all at that point. But then on day 14, oof, man, it hit me. And, you know, first, you don't really know what it is. It's like, great, what kind of little bug did I catch? Um, these days, I think every time you get a sniffle, everybody assumes it's COVID, but, um, didn't have any, no, you had no respiratory this, systems, symptoms, symptoms. So you only had just gut, 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 was, stuff. gut yeah. was funky and I had no energy just feeling wiped out. Um, so I was en route to another hunt actually. It's going well no how it happened was you were home for a week and the whole week you were complaining you didn't feel very good you're kind of tired you had a headache you yeah. complained of a headache a lot that's not normal for you either but my gut didn't really start acting up and until we were en route you were the like trip. the morning you woke up yeah. you were saying oh, i don't i'm just i'll be fine i'll get on the road i'll be fine yeah by the time you got to your destination. So we got there and we had planned on hiking in the next day. Um, myself and Livese and Brad. Um, man, I just did not have it in me. I woke up that next morning and I was feeling cruddy, like uh, something's off, definitely off. I got zero energy. Um, my guts were just turning upside down. So all the guys, I was like, I don't know. I'm gonna have to stay here for a bit. I'll come catch you guys after I shake whatever I got going on in me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, I tried shaking it. Well, you spent. <laughs> well, I think you spent, two, spent days two days in your truck in your trailer. Truck. 
And then you kept calling me and I said, and then you, you had told me you drank water out of a stream. Well, I had scary so pen. much time to think about it. I was like, and... starting to count the days back. It's like, man, that was 14 days ago. And I'm reading on, you know, on the Google or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the life cycle of these things. I'll use it. It usually takes about that long to really get you if it's gonna gonna bloom and, and blow up in your guts. And so everything pointed to some type of waterborne illness, parasite, and um had all the mm-hmm. symptoms. And luckily your wife is a doctor. So he calls well, me not doing well, pretty sick. And and I said, Well, you should just come home. And he said, How hard did I laugh? <sighs> I'm not coming home. And I said, well, what are you doing? You're just like vomiting and wrapping up your trailer. Like you should just come home. And he's like, it'll get better. It'll go away. And I said, he said, but I did drink drink water. And I said, you know what? And then you said, I think on the third day, you said, okay, I must, this must be GRDR or something. I need some medication. Well, this was a Sunday. Okay. So the place that he was at is literally in the middle of nowhere. It's a very long way from a town, any town, like even the smallest tiny little town. And I called three of the smallest tiny little towns around where he was. None of them had pharmacies that were going to be open by the time they got to him or they weren't even open on Sundays. And so I called another place. He had to drive quite a long ways, like hours. He got there and I got him the medication that um, first there's, there's a, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but it's a class of medications that kill these. So these are these are not typical. Um, you don't just take like a typical antibiotic. You have to take um, you have to take like a metronidazole or those kind of um, medications. It's a group of it, and the one that's the strongest, none of them had. They were all going to have to order it because it's a little rare. But it's like an, it's a one dose situation. But everybody has metronidazole, which is pretty common. We we prescribe it for a number of different infections. And so um, they said, yeah, we have it, but he's got to be here by like four or something. And he, you are not doing well. Like, I was like, okay, you got to drive like three hours to get to this pharmacy or whatever. And you were just like, oh my gosh, okay, I'll do it. And you did it. And then you drove all the way back and started taking the medication. Yeah. And I got, I got three pills in. You got three pills, which would have been like, you know, a pill every 12 hours. So he got those in and then you started itching really bad well so what happened was i took a pill took a pill the next day um and i just had like it it wasn't as bad so i hiked out there and so threw my pack on went and found the boys and it had been extremely windy (laughs) extremely windy like hunting was not that great i didn't miss much because of the high winds those deer were tucked down in the and the cracks and crevices and they're really hard to locate so i got out there um and that night i took another one so that was three and then you know we got the tp and we're hoping the next day isn't going to be so dang windy and that night uh man i could not get comfortable didn't get much sleep that night because i was itching like crazy my whole body was itching like getting itch on my foot and then it be like itching my head and then like itching my leg and uh, it was weird i was like man i must be having a reaction to whatever this medication is um so i i think i garmin you and 
told you, yeah, itching like crazy. I can't hardly sleep. And you recommend, okay, well, let's just stop taking that medication. Well, I didn't know because I, you're pretty sensitive. Like you're, you're the high V type of person. Like I, I could see you having some sort of like anaphylactic reaction or just something that wasn't good. And I, I was like, well, if it's that bad, you were like, it's really bad. I, I couldn't even sleep last night. And I was like, well, if it's that bad, just stop taking the medication and see what happens if the itching goes away. And you were like, okay. And then you were like, but I'm feeling better. So it probably wasn't Giardia because I'm already feeling better. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I'll just quit. And I was like, all right. And uh, so then you just quit and you went on with your hunting trip and you were fine. And then we were on our way to meet you for this trip. So we went out there. You seemed totally fine. We hiked around for four or five days and slept in the tent. Like, you know, you didn't seem overly, nothing was wrong. You seemed like you were back to normal. You're drinking coffee at four in the morning and eating oatmeal at four in the morning, which I can't even do in a normal day, but you were, you seemed back to yourself. And so, um, we got back from that trip and you, we got back from that trip and then what did we get back? I got back on a Monday night. You got back on a Tuesday morning. And then by Sunday of that week, mm -hmm. you started complaining of the same symptoms. I'm really tired. I don't know what's wrong with me. My head is hurting. And then this time around you were home. And I don't know if it was just because you were home and you knew you could just be sick. Whereas like out there you were, I think there's a mental game that goes on. Like I'm here, I can't be that sick. So I'm not, I'm going to try to make myself do something here. You were like, okay, I'm home and I don't have to go anywhere. And then you just proceeded to get worse, 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 whereby like Tuesday or Wednesday, well, you were to, basically, yeah. you were like, you were texting me. I can't even stand up or I will vomit. Like you were yeah. just like, I'm spinning. I, what is going on with me? And, and so, what's interesting is like, you know, the vomiting thing. It's not, it's not one of the symptoms that is like super normal for mm -hmm. a parasite. Um, but yeah, I, I had more issues like just trying to stay upright and not throwing up. So mm -hmm. I could like lay down on the couch, sit down, um, prone, and feel just kind of nauseous a little bit. Um, just no energy. Uh, didn't want to do much back and forth to the bathroom constantly. And then um, as soon as I'd stand up, man, it was like I could hardly not throw up. Yeah. So, so got to. In this meantime, I, I um, you know, I'm working. So I just spent pretty much months of Ryan being gone. Now he gets home. He's basically quarantined to the bedroom. So I'm basically <laughs> in the same position. I'm doing everything and he's in there. Now I got to figure out what the heck's going on with him. So we, um, got a stool test, which is the funnest test ever. If anybody's had to do a stool test, but we got a sample and I was a little worried because he'd been pretty sick for a number of days. And, you know, once you're pretty sick for a number of days, there's not always a whole lot of stuff that's really there. He wasn't really eating much and, I it's didn't like, have coffee for like five days in a row. <laughs> you know it's bad when he's not drinking coffee. I was eating, the only thing I was eating for that time was like some crackers. Because I lost 15 pounds. Yes, he did. Really, lost 15 pounds. Really quickly. Yes. So I we got that test done. He was able to get me a sample. We got it in and it took about 24 hours to get the results back. 
um, and no crypto, but positive Giardia, um, which was great because, you know, in situations like this, um, <clears throat> especially when you're a healthcare provider, you know, there, there could be a number of things that could cause this. Obviously, the timeline, the life cycle, uh, the way these cysts are, and I can explain that a little bit how this works, but it just was making sense that it should be some sort of waterborne issue based on him drinking out of the creek. But I was a little worried, like, if this isn't Giardia, like, what is this? Because maybe it was just a stomach flu or whatever, but he had, he had no fever. He had no respiratory symptoms. He had nothing related to that, that would have been something like that. And, you know, and you don't have any history of like irritable bowel disease. There was no blood in the stool. We checked that. So, you know, no Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis or, you know, we weren't seeing anything. And I was thinking to myself, oh, geez. So we, we got the positive result, which was great. Now, the thing about Giardia is it's actually a reportable communicable disease. So when the, it is diagnosed, the lab has to call the county and then the county has to call us. And of course, the county calls me first because I was the prescribing physician for the test. And she says to me, uh, is this a family member of yours? And I said, yeah, this is my husband. And she says, oh, okay, great. Well, then you're a healthcare provider. You probably understand everything. But um, I had been a little worried the week before because this is contagious, folks. Mm -hmm. You can spread this. And so the reason that it's a communicable disease is they need to know where you got it and how many people you've been around or what, what yeah. the situation is. So the health department ended up calling me. Well, they called me first and yeah, I gave them the run down and she called me. They ended you. up calling me and then, you know, I'm just laying there in bed. I had a great conversation with the gal that called me from the <laughs> health department. Uh, she, you know, bombards you with a bunch of questions from, you know, what not to do and what have you done? What creek was it? All this kind of stuff. And then um, it's funny, like when she first heard like the general area that I was in, she's like, oh, no way. Oh man. <laughs> um, I've got family over there and blah, blah, blah. And, um, started talking more and yeah, it, had a good conversation with her because she knew the area really well, which is funny. She's she herself is drinking water from creeks fairly close by. Um, but yeah, learned quite a bit about that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure people you've heard the already, but your fever is one of the things that you've heard of. So trying to figure out like, is this a creek that has had this before? Mm -hmm. Um, you just don't know. I mean, like she told me, uh, you know, if there's beaver dams, this is definitely not a beaver dam type creek. It's a mountain, high mountain creek. But uh, all it takes is one animal. Um, right. Could it be a deer. Because they release millions of cysts, mm -hmm. like millions, and probably, you know, in one in animal each bowel movement has that millions. Creek or died in that creek somewhere upriver, yeah. and it gets transferred down. Yeah. And it and it's one of those um, Giardia is one of those um, little creepy critters that can actually um, not have a host for quite a while. Like it can live on soil and in water and in cool places, and, and has this long life cycle, or life cycle that's um, not just attached to the host. Yeah, let's go through this a little bit. So, um, when you're a physician, you 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 have a reference manual. We have this thing called up to date. It's basically we're all physicians. You you have somebody, you got a condition, you need to know how to prescribe a drug, you need to know about, I don't know, anything you want to know. You you look an up to date. So type GRDA into up to date. And I get this 
this whole, there's like a ton of stuff on here, but got this beautiful little picture here and it shows basically how this works. And so when you drink the water, um, you can also get this through food, contaminated food. Soil. Um, it's mm -hmm. really, this is common in countries where they don't have good sanitation. They don't have clean water sources and they have like irrigation on their food and stuff. And this can be a cause of also traveler's diarrhea. Now, traveler's diarrhea is kind of a group of things. And sometimes traveler's diarrhea doesn't, it's not necessarily GRD or cryptosporidium, but it is one way that you can get it because it can be on contaminated food if you're in like a third world country. I or learned something. that you can actually get this from a swimming pool. If somebody is in contaminated with yep. Giardia in a chlorinated swimming pool, yeah, those little buggers can still thrive. Yeah, in a chlorinated so swimming pool. The cysts actually are hardy and survive several months in cold water. But these cysts are just, they basically look like um, the picture is. It looks like a little round thing with four eyeballs in it. It's really kind of creepy. And what those little eyeballs are is actually within each cyst is what's called a trophozyte. And there's two trophozytes per cyst. So the cyst is very hardy. It stays like that. It's inactive, but that's how it spreads. And then once it hits the small intestine of its victim, like you, those trophocytes, the, the cysts hit the small intestine. It takes anywhere from seven to 14 days for those cysts to bust open um, in the small intestine. And so they break up in the small intestine um, and two trophocytes come out of that cyst. And then they multiply by what's called longitudinal binary fission, which sounds very fancy, but basically they split. So now they... They, the cyst opens, you have these two trophozytes that are attached to each other and they're creepy. I mean, they look like they have two little eyeballs and they have like all these little hairs on them and ew, they're like a little amoeba. And then they split into two through this fission process. And then um, they just keep all those cysts open and just keep multiplying. Boom, boom, boom. So now in that seven to 14 day life cycle, you've got all these trophozytes in your gut and those are what are causing your symptoms now so that's why it's not like you drink the water and one day later you get sick it's mm. a, it's about a 7 to 14 day process and it's also a lot to do with how much you ingest like you right. could get a little bit on your lips and some people may have a bad reaction um like you could swim a river and get a little bit of that that river water on you and if it's loaded with GRD yeah you might get GRD but you also might not or you may, and you just don't get any symptoms and it doesn't last very long. Right. Um, but then other times, uh, like I drank three or four, you know, 40 ounce water bottles and um, well, that definitely loaded me up. Pretty hot and heavy, well, the crazy thing is, is that it's like this little thing knows the entry and exits. So it enters into the GI tract, hits the small intestine, the cyst opens up, breaks into two trophozytes, and then all these cysts are doing, and then goes through the small intestine and starts creating all these effects that you've had. And then it knows that it's going to be exiting at some point, right? So what the cysts do again is they like close up again. So you get like, it's like they come together again, and then they, they turn into a cyst. And then that's what you poop out is a cyst. 
So And so the problem why it's contagious is that, again, now you've got cysts in the stream or cysts in the toilet or, you know, people going to the bathroom and not washing their hands with hot water afterwards. You've got cysts on your hands or under your fingernails. Then you go around and you spread it. And these cysts live in cold water. Now, the trophozytes cannot. So a trophozyte gets outside your, it cannot, it's going to die. So what happens is it's like opens up, boom, does all this damage, and then it comes back together and turns back into a cyst. And then when you poop it out, it's ready to go infect whatever downstream. That's the craziest yeah, thing it. about I've it. I've heard it, you know, like with crypto, you get this bloom in your gut, and that's where it gets you. And like you said, that's when they, they split up, multiply, and yeah. um, that's where drinking more of it affects you in a pretty bad way. Yeah, so it it's interesting to see that and we we saw that in you because the first time around you got sick and you were getting sick and then we treated you with the with the um medication and you started getting better pretty quickly cuz those this yeah. those trophozytes and cysts just started getting killed but you still had a lot of cysts the trophozytes probably that came back together and then you didn't kill them all and that life cycle started over about 7 it was about eight to 10 days later, again, you started having the same symptoms and boom, they started opening again. So you got a huge dose because you, we, we didn't kill. And you would think too, that you would just keep like you, you crap enough that you get rid of all of it, but you don't. I I definitely didn't want to hop back on that medication because the, just like the itchiness that you Mm -hmm. get from that, uh, it's a bugger, but um it's interesting i had a conversation with another guy uh, after i went back onto the medication um, who had DRD in the past and he, he same thing he first thing he said was what did you think about um the body itch itches that you get when you take that medication because he had the same exact thing happen to him mm-hmm. so it must be pretty common yeah but, i think it is and um we don't i i have actually never prescribed that metronidazole for giardia mm-hmm. this is my first time yeah and so i've i've never actually diagnosed with anybody anybody with giardia and every week we get from the county health department we get a list of the communicable diseases that week that were diagnosed now had we treated you the first time around we didn't do a test so you we didn't know you mm-hmm. you wouldn't have known you had giardia but when you do get tested and those come back, all the communicable diseases like COVID is one, flu is one, uh, I never even HIV, I never even assumed that GR hepatitis, was so transmissible, Giardia, because, crypto. Yeah, I'm rabies, never even thought about you know, it, but kind of stuff. the gal that I talked to pointed out all the ways, like um, definitely wash your hands a lot. Definitely don't go into a pool or hot tub or anything like that where there's going to be other people. Um, basically try to quarantine yourself for rest rest of the family for a little bit if you can so yeah well, the I had crazy no idea about thing that. was for like the next week after i was like totally paranoid that i was gonna have giardia so i was like wiping everything down i made you like i was like okay nobody goes into that bathroom nobody goes into dad's room nobody's sleeping in that bedroom. Like we, we kind of quarantined you off in there because I was thinking, Oh my God, great. We're all going to get Giardia now. And it's just, you never know, you know, when you live in a house together, the, you, you all adopt each other. You all actually adopt each other's microbiome. That's really common. That's how microbiomes are. Yep. And 
I was thinking, you know, great, you know, now it's going to go through because here's the other thing is Giardia can be short-lived. It can also be chronic. And hopefully we're, hopefully we've got with that round of medication that we did, we got everything. Yeah. I've read where we have to wait and see get rid of it in a week. Um, but there are cases that those little buggers seem to hold on and it takes months to totally shake it. So. Yeah. And some people have it chronically. So the other thing is there are some what are considered asymptomatic carriers. So they may just have some slight symptoms where they have GI upset, bloating, diarrhea, that's random once in a while, nausea, but they never fully get sick. Like you got sick. And so this is how it can be sort of spread is that these people aren't getting super sick and then they spread it that way. Um, and again, it's really rare. I, I came home, I think I told you, I was like, you made the communicable diseases report and you were the only case of Giardia reported Gold in the county. That day yeah. Me. So yeah. you can see it's like very rare, but we're also not doing random stool tests on every person who gets tested because how many people have some sort of something and they don't know it. Um, so I think it's, it would be really interesting to do a study where you took guys like you that are spending a large amount of time in the backcountry, even using a SeriPin. Like the other thing is like, what is the load? Like you obviously got mm-hmm. a lot of it. So you got a lot of cysts, whereas some people maybe don't get a lot of cysts, but they get enough to make them not feel good, but they never really get super sick. And though they just kind of chronically have it. And remember, this has a life cycle too, where the cyst comes and goes, the trophocytes open, whatever. So you could be really, really sick maybe for a week and then you slowly get better maybe. And then a month later you get really, really sick. So it's hard to say, but it would be interesting to take like a hundred dudes that spend a lot of time in the backcountry and do stool samples on them and see how many of them have maybe Giardia that they don't even know they have. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, getting it, it's definitely not like uh, end of the world, getting Giardia, it's not painful, it's none of that, but it is, it does suck, I'll tell you that. Like, the amount of weight loss. If there's any wives out there listening to this and their husband gets Giardia, let me tell you, it is painful, because these guys are, you to watch me, probably, but (laughs) that's just man disease, that's how we are. Oh my God, he's like, I am gonna die, what I need, I don't know what to do, and I'm just like, oh, he's like, he's like, I wake up every morning, you said this to me one day, you called me at work and said, Every time I stand up, I feel like I'm going to vomit. And I said, oh, it sounds like pregnancy. <laughs> and I'm just like trying to have this really like. No sympathy at Sympathy, all. but you know, no. I remember being pregnant twice when I was so sick. I couldn't even drive a car or walk down the stairs or without vomiting. And you would just be like, oh, geez, like you're pregnant. Why well, can't be that bad? What's wrong with you? Okay. I never said that. You looked at me like that plenty <laughs> oh, that of times. I, uh, you're like, yeah, right. Those words never bad. came out of my mouth. Yeah. But, or how about every other day when you ask me, can we just have one more baby? And I look at you like, are you crazy? Those words definitely have come. Out I am mouth. not going through that ever again. <laughs> and you're like, it's not that bad. Come on, suck it up. So now Please. I'm like, it's Giardia. Think of like the worst Giardia you've ever had in your life. That's what, it, that's what morning sickness is like. Well, yeah. And again, so not and painful, no just very uncomfortable. It does suck until uh, you get to shake it. But 
Yeah, I feel like um, what's the I had lesson? A, I had a pretty good run. I've a pretty dang good run with all the thousands of gallons of water I've probably drank out of the mountains. Um, Steri penned, filtered, not filtered, um, and to never get this in the past has been pretty shocking. But now that I got it, yeah, the moral is don't get lazy with your water because I definitely I just felt like I I was immune to it, <laughs> wouldn't get it ever. Um, but it also definitely proved a point that those steri pens are magic they must work they work i mean uh to the day that that steri pen broke it was 14 days later um drinking the same water you know steri pen in it no problems drinking you know river water low river scuzzy lake water wallow water mm-hmm. all the stuff where you feel like you're going to get something but you steri pen it and you come back clean so those steri pens are amazing and the one i use now super light it's uh you can recharge them now you don't even have to run those double a batteries um thing is great love that thing got a new one um minute i got home but like i said i had a backup even and i preach this when i'm talking about this at the summits even about having a backup and i do i have just a little baggie that stays in my kit with um iodine tabs but i was just getting lazy and just let it ride and figured well it's probably never going to happen anyway because i haven't got it yet at this point the lesson learned it usually always catches up with you at some point whether it's one year or 40 years a lot of years i escaped it for a lot of years and (laughs) another two like i would say two filter your water or put your iodine in or three if let's say it broke, let's just say you had no iodine, your mm-hmm. steri pen broke, you weren't yeah, with your buddies. Like you had, a, you had like two other options you could have taken well, and you didn't. I could have but, just looked, reached over after they used theirs and borrowed theirs. Yeah. But or let's I could have just, boiled it. There's a lot of ways. Yeah. You can let's just it. say you didn't have any other option. You had like, you were out of matches and like you couldn't boil. I don't know. You don't even need matches, matches. anymore with these, these things. <laughs> But I would say probably it's a good idea to maybe have some of that medication um, as part of your backcountry pack, like the tinidazole or the metronidazole. I sure um, do now. Because if you're going to drink that scuzz water and you you think there's any chance that you could have ingested cysts, especially if you're in a place, I don't know. And maybe this is a thing about researching where you're going. I mean, you spend a ton of time in the backcountry, but don't you think like... No, not necessarily because um, it could have been one deer or, you know, a bighorn sheep that was infected, did some traveling and got some into your drainage, died or crapped in the water or whatever. And then all of a sudden that, that creek is tainted for a set amount of time. So it could really come from anywhere. And that sheep traveled to China, and be- <laughs> flew back, pooped in this creek, now it's beavers. spread all over. So I was reading about certain animals um, that yeah. carry it. I think beavers are notorious for it. That's why they give it that name. Um, so they carry it pretty frequently. Muskrats actually carry it more so than mm. beavers. Muskrat fever doesn't sound as sexy, I guess. I don't know. But there's certain animals, and sheep is one of them, mm. that carry it pretty frequently hmm. while cheap so yeah so i would say if you could if you're going on a big backcountry just even having that medication like the medication might make you itch i mean obviously if you have a serious severe reaction but the tinidazole is a one dose it's mm-hmm. one dose the metronidazole you do have to take for five to ten days depending on how bad you have it um 
but that might be just something handy to have. Um, talk to your healthcare provider, maybe, especially if you're traveling, like, I don't know, to countries and third world countries and places where you don't know what the water's the only other time that that. I've had anything with my guts like this is when we had just got married. We traveled to Belize. Yeah, that was traveler's diary. That that one got me. And we tested you and you didn't have anything. They couldn't find anything wrong with you. I think by the time we actually tested you, (laughs) you had you had been in the bathroom for like a week. It was really bad. And there was nothing in the stool. They couldn't yeah. find anything, but you you did get traveler's diarrhea. Yeah, that was the last time. And yeah, that was poor, that, poor that guy. That was horrible too. Something like just washing the lettuce over there or whatever. Yeah, and I day, ate, but. I think I ate the same stuff and drank the same stuff and I, I didn't get it. And so whatever it was, it got you, you just ate just enough to get it. So it was, that was and that was what, 24 years ago? It was, it's been a while since I've had a gut thing like this happen, so... Yeah, you lose yeah. weight really, really quickly. Yeah, you. I were didn't have a, skinny. a lot of weight to lose after a long season, and then to kind of wrap up the season with some <laughs> serious case of Giardia. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah. Anyways, yeah. There's the PSA: uh, filter your water, don't get lazy, and Steri pens absolutely work. And you know, I've had a lot of discussions with people saying, "Oh, I'll, I don't trust those. I'll just keep running a filter or a pump." And, um, see, I don't trust pumps. I don't trust filters because those break those, those, um, especially like you don't know they're broken. Yeah. Yeah. So the little straw, like filters that they have inside there, if water gets, you know, left in, you don't blow them out, freezes, cracks, um, those filters break easily. And then you're just drinking funky water. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you know, if your SteriPen isn't working. Mm-hmm. You just know it doesn't light up um, or you stepped on it. It happens. And, but you don't know that if you're just drinking out of like say a Sawyer filter or something like that. I mean, you had a, a frozen night and it breaks those little sleeves apart. And now you're just drinking straight water without it being filtered. So I, I trust in a bin way more and I'm not willing to pack the bulkiness of the uh, pump filters that you got to swap out the filters for and all that nonsense way heavier way more cumbersome takes a long time you got to pump water versus a steric pen um, now mm. there's definitely um plus size to a pump for say you know pump it out of a mud puddle where it's really dirty scuzzy mossy um algae filled water then you have to filter it somehow whether mm. it's through your shirt or got that coffee filter thing that i use um, and I still end up just staring pen in it. So, and this is something to remember, you know, here in the United States, we have good sanitation and we have fairly, you know, we have these options for filtering and our water sources, unless you're drinking like out of the backcountry high mountain, like you are, you know, but there's literally places in the world where people live with this problem every day. They cannot get clean water and they are dealing with these waterborne illnesses in their children in themselves. And, in a lot of cases, some of these things do become chronic in people because they live with it. It kind of comes, it becomes part of the ecosystem where they live. But, you know, these waterborne diseases are very dangerous. And when you have chronic diarrhea and chronic vomiting, you're losing large amounts of fluid. And so you become highly dehydrated. You have nutrient deficiency issues. Um, you know, you can't keep food down. 
And so it is somewhat dangerous. And we, we tend to for, don't think about that anymore because we just don't have a, a huge prevalence here typically, but you know, like cholera here in North America was so common, so commonly killed people. And we know we can fix that with just boiling the water. Right. But they didn't, people didn't know that pioneers and like lots of stuff, people that were coming over here, um, settlers and stuff, they didn't know. And they were dying from those kinds of things. And it, it's, uh, it's something to think about about now our sanitation and just you know the clean water well, that we have we and have all it this so stuff. Easy we have with, it so you know the life straws that you see in a lot of these other countries that yep. are drinking out of mud puddles and stuff like that and yep. these dairy pens they're magic man they just make everything easy fast um, really effective so um, you know but if I, I can tell you one thing the moral of this story again is when you don't have coffee and you're a coffee connoisseur like I am. For how many days did I not have coffee? It was a long time. <laughs> I don't know. When he doesn't you, wake up drinking coffee, something is wrong. It's like something is really wrong with him. But then when you do get that first cup, your, your gut's feeling better and you get that first cup. Oh, it's glorious. Mm. Best cup of coffee I've had in a long, long time. Oh my gosh. Well, the other thing we haven't touched on here is that, so the reading I did and the research that I did is that people do that do get Giardia if you don't know you have it and you're eating or drinking, they re they recommend that you don't do any dairy. So 20 to 40%, yep. I read a bunch on that. 20 yeah. to 40% of the folks, if they will have a reaction to dairy, if they have Giardia yes. in their system. So if you think you have Giardia and you're sick and you eat some dairy, because Ryan does do like some half and half in his coffee and he has, we were having, like we had Thanksgiving, well, cheese. Thanksgiving fell cheese. in the middle of this whole thing. And I had this big charcuterie board with all this cheese and stuff. And he was like, eh. you know, just like, and then I was reading and I was like, oh, geez. So I told him, you got to stop all dairy. Don't do any dairy. And sometimes it's chronic. What happens is the Giardia messes the small bowel up so much that you now become lactose intolerant for can be a considerable amount of time. You don't seem to have had that problem, no, but so. it can happen. It can happen. So something to think about too is watch your dairy consumption if you do have some of these um, these problems. Yeah, that would be a crying shame to develop <laughs> lactose intolerance to you know after Giardia. Just from eating some dairy during that time, but it's only okay. twenty to forty percent, but that's a pretty high percentage, so it's probably not worth the risk. But you're not in there because you're <laughs> never in there. Just like you're never gonna get Giardia. I can say that, but I did risk it. I did have some dairy in that time. Yeah. And you did get Giardia, so it can't happen. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, I think that's enough for tonight. And anything else you want to say? Not really. That covers it. Okay. Well. It's going to be Christmas soon. So if you ladies and gents need any more gifts, we got stealthynutrition.com. We got stealthyhunter.com with all Ryan's rifle covers and glassing pads. Go check out the gritty films, the bear series. Number four just dropped today um, where he confronts a grizzly in camp. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. And um, tonight we'll be on live Instagram and every night. Till every night till December 24th, 24th, which I can't believe you committed to it. Yeah. All right. We're going to be given the last backpack we're going to be giving away on Christmas Eve, the 24th. Yeah. Um, somebody get a pretty dang good Christmas present if they, and all they got to do is grab a pass for one of these events. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go eat dinner now that we've had this lovely conversation. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. See ya. 
Well, because it's Christmas, we have another code for you to use at StealthyHunter.com on any products at StealthyHunter.com. Use Santa10 to get 10% off anything you buy through December 24th. Merry Christmas.